0: This week's Performance Anxiety features drummer Ryan Van Ryan He's drummed with Devin Townsend, God Awake and Petrified, Terror Syndrome, and I Monolith. We discuss his entry into drums, some great Christmases, staying positive when things get bad, getting a dream sponsorship, handling band breakups, the one thing all metal bands seem to have in common, and a whole lot more. Follow him on social media, check out his website, rvpdrums.com, and get his weekly emails. Check out his new band iMonolith. And follow us and him on social media Please rate and review us And enjoy this week's Performance Anxiety with Ryan Van Poudrein
1: Okay, here we go Hey guys, this is Ryan Van Poudrein from A Monolith And formerly Devin Townsend Project You are listening to the Performance Anxiety Podcast Is that good? Uh,
0: That was fantastic, that was good
1: So yeah, it's <laughs> uh, dude, I'm, I can talk a lot, man, and it's like I'm into what we're about to talk about, so it's like, uh, yeah, man, it's it's, it's awesome. Is this video or audio?
0: This is just audio,
1: yeah, okay, cool, so, yeah, because yeah. I was like, my dog's in the background, <laughs> this is my office, but it's upside down right now because I have so much shit going on. But oh, yeah, no let's problem. do it, man. Let's, let's fire it up.
0: So, to start off the show, I'm going to attempt to pronounce your name, yeah, and oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm sure your favorite part of any interview is when somebody butchers your name. So I've, I've done some research though. Okay. So let me see if I can get this right. It's Ryan Van Poudroian.
1: Yes. Nice work. Thank you. Very work. Yeah. Ryan Van Poudroian. You know, it's Poudroian and you did well because a lot of people want to say Ryan at the, Ryan Van Poudroian, <laughs> you know, it's like, but, uh, I was, yeah.
0: I always had the tendency to, to make it more of an E sound at the beginning, not Pudorin, but pederoin.
1: Yeah. so I've heard that before, but you know what the best is, man, is, is I go on tour over to, uh, Holland, Netherlands there. And, uh, you know, we have good friends over there and, and then you, you meet all the people who come out to support you at live shows and stuff. And, uh, I always get the Dutch people to to say my last name. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> I always say it ten times better than I can pronounce
0: it. That's <laughs> your so own name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I I try to do some research and uh, I, I think uh, you know I mean it, it's not too hard. It's, you know, basically it's, you say it how you spell it. Come on, it's not that hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so the, I guess um, my first question is is with when you were with Devin Townsend were the poosers based on your last name.
1: <laughs> no, no, not at all, actually, uh you know the Poosers that was an idea that rain his son came up with, really, he, he came up with that actual name yeah and and uh from what i that's that's what I think how the story goes, but yeah, the poosers were were based off that, right, and uh yeah, that's so awesome. that's uh that's devin and his son you know combining efforts to come up with the name of the poosers for uh for the character. <laughs> Me
0: too well, it fits with the rest of the stuff that he's done it It yeah. definitely fits so now you <laughs> now you've played for a while you've obviously played before you joined up with devin, so uh, when did you get started and uh, how did how did that become your passion and and what you decided to do for a
1: living that's uh well, I can give you the the full story it's up to
0: you <laughs> but, we're on, We're on your time frame, so that's going to be up to you. <laughs>
1: It's pretty interesting because it, it fits in with everything that I teach at my motivational seminars. Okay. So, um, and, and I have an ebook, you know, on a, a site called rvpmotivation.com. It's free. There's no hooks or anything, but Excellent. it's called Nine Steps to Living a Life of Purpose and, and how I came up with that idea and why I started doing the whole motivational speaking thing is because I looked back on my life on how I found my purpose how I decided I wanted to be a professional drummer how I moved to Vancouver how I got the gig with Devin Townsend and a whole but my endorsements everything right right and um, that that's why I started doing that movement because I've been so blown away by these nine principles that I've done over and over and over even when I didn't know I was doing them I was doing them okay. over and over and like to achieve the success that I have now so to answer your question I'll, I'll kind of go into that right yeah. and and basically when when I was a a younger kid my dad played in the cover band he plays piano he can sing he can play bass he's a talented guy awesome photographer and nice. um you know my brother and I and my brother Jay Van Poudrein he's a he's a very successful engineer producer mixer in LA you know records bands like Nickelback and Hinder oh, wow. and like all these Keith Urban, like, just A-list artist, Being right? Names, so yeah. Yeah, so no fluke, you know, after <laughs> I tell the story, that both of us were successful. And, you know, we'd run around during my dad's sound checks. And when he'd finish sound check, I'd run up on stage and gravitate towards the drums and just start playing them. And then, uh, you know, after a while, his drummer's like, hey, man, you know, your son has some rhythm there. It's like, is, does does he play drums? Does he want it? And so my dad came up to me, he's like, you want to play drums? Around? I'm like hell yeah. <laughs> Fucking hit shit? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> you know. So he uh, then the next week he you know he was coming home and and he said we're gonna get you started next week and I'm like stoked you know and Dad comes home I'm like okay what's it how big's the kick gonna be how many cymbals my dad shows up with a practice pad shows up <laughs> a pair of sticks and the book stick control and he goes. You're going to go for your first drum lesson. I'm like, where's the rest of it? (laughs) And he's like, you got to learn the basics, son. You know, and and best thing he ever did, you know, because uh, for a year I practiced on that practice path. Oh, wow. And he taught me discipline. It taught me to learn the basics, to learn technique, to do all the, the fundamentals of drumming before you jump into a big drum set. So fast forward a year later, taking lessons and stuff, learning stick control and all that. Dad's like, hey, I got a surprise for you. I'm coming home next week. You know, we'll we'll up the game a bit with your drumming. So I'm stoked. I'm like, finally, a drum kit, right? <laughs> i come come in a truck. We don't own a truck. You know, it's his buddy's truck. I'm like, yes, you know. <laughs> He reaches into the back. I'm like, what's it going to be? A kick drum, you know, ride cymbal. Like, he pulls out a set of practice pads. <laughs> 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 I shit you not. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. You know, at first I was disappointed. But then, you know, you set him up. And now you got, instead of one pad, you got four pads to hit and a kick drum pad. It was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Right? Um, a year goes by on that getting my lessons going. Now, you know, I'm drumming on drum sets and stuff that aren't mine, but really starting to take off. Fast forward to being 12 years old, two years into drumming, it's Christmas morning. And, uh, you know, normally mom and dad always set up the Christmas tree in the living room. But uh, this year it was set up in the rec room. And Jay and I always thought that was a little bit weird, you know. And, and so anyways, you know, 5 a.m. Christmas morning, like we always do, you yeah. know. Oh yeah, Jay's years old i'm 12 we're up you know and we're allowed to open the stockings not anything else but we're allowed to open stockings so we're like okay we're gonna go do that and our house is an interesting shape it's kind of almost like a horseshoe shape where the bedrooms are on one end and then you from the bedrooms into the living room and then you take like a a right turn and and there's the kitchen and then you walk into the rec room which finishes off like the horseshoe shape right and and then we're walking out of the bedrooms through the living room. We get into the kitchen, and all of a sudden we hear these noises. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Mom and Dad are sleeping. And it sounded like someone was breaking into the house. Oh, and geez. we're we're just like, yeah, like, you know, you're kids. You get yourself damped up. And what it yeah. was is my my dad left on the radio, which was playing Christmas music. And the song was Silent Night. And, and it started off with a bunch of chimes and stuff. It wasn't the actual song, just like oh. little noise. So we thought that was like... You know, breaking into the house what it sounded like so we're freaked out so I do what any big brother would do and I send in my little brother to go check out the- <laughs> Jason goes in there and dude not even two seconds later what screaming I'm like holy shit Michael Myers is tearing him apart it's over he's dead There's blood everywhere and Christmas morning massacre right and uh he comes running out of the rec room It's a drum set! I'm just like, (laughs) shove them out of the way. Now I got bigger than anyone on the planet. I'm running in there, right? So, I have a question for you, man. What is a 12-year-old kid going to do on Christmas morning at 5 a.m. when he sees the drum kit that is obviously his?
0: Start wailing away.
1: Dude, I beat the piss out of that thing. (laughs) To this day, I have never seen my parents run that fast. And, They they are in there, and my dad biggest smile on my on his face, you know, because he sees sees how stoked I am. My mom's like, "I told you, I told you, <laughs> uh, you know." <laughs> but uh, my dad got me off the drum kit, and now this is the big turning point, man. This is why I'm telling the story: is he got me off the drum kit and calmed me down. The next words out of my mouth were the most important words of my life, and the reason I'm talking to you today. And, why I've done all I've done. I look him up in the eyes and I said, dad, when I grow up, I'm going to be a rock star. I meant professional musician. I can't stand that term. (laughs) So I'm going to grow up. I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to tour the world. I'm going to be a modern drummer, which I got in my stocking every year. You know, I'm going to have signature on my drumsticks. Hey, you know, you can see this, uh, the listeners cap, there's my signature on my drumsticks. You know, it's like all these different things touring the world, being endorsed by the biggest drum companies in the world. All of that shit came true, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of hard work, okay? But the bottom line, I found my purpose at 12 years old. Some people, you know, I was talking, I have my son over last night with uh, with my dad, and we were just talking. I was talking about, you know, I'm doing this interview tomorrow, and we talked about that very story. And my son was like, man, I don't even know what I want to do yet, and he's 22 years old, oh. you know? And it, some people don't find that out till later on, but I was 12 yeah. years old. So, Fast forward, 17, graduate, uh, get out of school or whatever, um, moved to Vancouver because I lived on Vancouver Island, a small town called Port Alberni. Okay. And, uh, and so I moved to Vancouver, B.C. and uh, started playing bands and, and doing all that stuff. Did it for years, no success. Thought, you know what, why don't I start teaching? I started teaching drums to beginner and intermediate level because I'd been drumming for 15 years at that point. And, uh, you know, did that for a few years playing bands, no traction. Started getting into session work, you know. And, man, I'm coming up to age 30, you know, and I still haven't made it. I still haven't gotten that deal with a band or anything, right? Right. And I remember my mom told me, you know, when I was about 25, she's like, I want to make a deal with you. If you don't do anything by the time you're 30, go out and go to school or, you know, become a doctor. Or, you know, it was that, it was that talk. Yeah. All the my, mo- the mom talk. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. My parents were both very supportive and my mom yeah. is very supportive. Um, but, you know, she she was they, they had two different approaches. They're they're they divorced, you know, when I was in my teens. But my dad was like. Grab life by the nuts and do whatever the hell you want to do. And that is it. And my mom was the same way. She said, but just in case, you know, when you're around 30, maybe you should think about doing something
0: else. Yeah, she'd be a mom. She's trying to protect her kids.
1: This is it. So there's both uh, both sides of the coin. And that really plays with your mind, right? But at 25 years old, all the confidence in the world. I'm like, I got five years. No problem. Fast forward. I'm 29 years old. (laughs) Still no deal. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. You know, it's like I, I agreed to this, right? Yeah. And uh, anyways, out of all the hard work I'd done, teaching, playing in various bands, my dad always was a massive positive influence on me. And what he always said is be diverse. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And whatever you want to do, you can achieve if you put your mind to it. Never forget that. You have to believe it's possible. And he right. always, always last night, we kind of, uh, we're talking about that again. And he corrected me, you know, saying, <laughs> say I'm like, shit, I'm the one doing seminars, you know, but, um, but you know, it's, it's like, it's just, it's good to be open-minded like that. And anyways, 29, after putting in all that work and stuff and, uh, D- diversifying, playing in different bands, doing sessions. I, I do a punk session, a country session, pop session, metal session, rock session. I did it all just to get wow. my name out there, and that's exactly what happened. My name started getting around the entire city, and eventually, what happens? I get a call from Devin Townsend one night.
0: If any of the, the listeners follow you on social media, they'll probably know you're the most probably the most positive person I've ever seen on any social media platform ever. And it's awesome, which is why I keep up with you because I need it. And I know a lot of other people need it, but, um,
1: hey, ben, I need it too. That's why I do it, you know?
0: So Well, did at any point in that time, be, as you're approaching 30, did you ever start to doubt yourself and start to think, well, maybe, maybe this isn't what I'm going to be doing. Maybe I need to be doing something else.
1: Yeah. You know what? It, it it's not my mom's fault because I believe in hundred percent responsibility. Your decisions, you have to take accountability for. You have to be responsible for that, right? So yeah, I I remember what I said what my mom and I had talked about and all that stuff at 29. And of course, you know, I had friends already at that point that were in bands successful touring the world, you know, that had made it and I hadn't yet. You know, and so you you start seeing that some self-doubt creeps in and, and you can create these limiting beliefs, right? But I just knew in my heart, and I always listened to what my father had told me, is like, I know I'm going to do this, I just got to keep going. You never know when that chance is going to hit you. It could be right around the corner. And I was playing in a band at that point when I was 29 called God Awakens Petrified. It was a successful metal band in Vancouver. We got a ton of attention. We got record label attention. And in the end, a, a deal with Nuclear Blast fell through. It, it was like they're looking at us and another band. And in the end, they're like, you know what? We're going to pass and we're going with this this band. They have a bit more of a following. It's, it's more throughout Europe. And it's a bit of a bummer, right? Yeah. And... That was another notch where it kind of takes you down a bit, right? That sounds but like it, sp-
0: sports, you know. <laughs> it's like they've got is. like two pitchers are looking at. Oh, we're going to go with this guy. I don't. You never really think about it in that as, that aspect of it.
1: But the thing is, is you can't think in that aspect. Okay, what you need to think is about yourself. You need to help yourself before you can help others. It's like the classic airplane analogy that I've used for years in my seminars, and that's when a plane's going down, they tell you to put the airbag. On your face first, that way you can help others. Right. If you don't put it on, you go for the kid and say you pass out, okay, and you don't get the mask on the kid, then you're both dead. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I, I know it's kind of a harsh example, but it's the truth. And that's life, man. It's like when you're put into these situations where it's like, holy shit, I don't know if I'm going to make it or, or, you know, things aren't turning out. Well, if you think that, you're going to bring more of it upon you. You're going to put yourself into those positions, yeah. and, and you're, you're going to attract more of that. You're going to attract the kind of people. You're not going to work as hard. You'll talk yourself out of working hard, okay? Because you're like, well, I'm 29, and I haven't done it anything yet. Yeah. And, you know, my friends have succeeded. Maybe I should listen to my mom, you know? But next thing you know, out of the blue, I don't know Devin Townsend. Yeah. I didn't know him, you know? And okay. Out of the blue, Devin Townsend calls me. Says, ask for me. He's like, I want you to try out for my solo band. I'm just like, holy shit. It's like, where the hell did this come from? And, you know, when I asked him, I said, how did you even get in touch with me? You know, but he goes, man, I went to my friends, my musician friends, producers, engineers, studios, everyone I know in the industry, and went in Vancouver. And he goes, when I was asking around, you know, for people, your name is the only one every single time that came up. Wow. Oh, have you heard of RBP? Oh, you got to check out this this guy, Ryan from God Awakens Party. Oh, RBP from Gap, RVP Ryan, blah, blah. And uh, one of the last people he said he asked was Gene Hoagland, drummer for Strap Me Lad, right? Oh, yeah. And, and did a lot of Devin's solo, earlier solo stuff. And Gene came out to a show to watch us that we sold out at this club called The Palladium. It held like about 700. We sold it out that night. Oh, and gosh. it's a low little- so, and, uh, yeah, the band was doing good, right? And he was really impressed with my drumming. He came up. he's like, hey, Daddy, Gene Hogan. I'm like, I know who you are. You know? <laughs> it was like a big compliment because he's like, I really like the grooves you do and some tasty stuff. So he had seen me before, and when Dev asked him, he mentioned a couple names. He goes, you know, there's this RVP guy. And he's like, who the fuck is this RVP guy? <laughs> and so he gave me a call on that. But how did that come to be? It's because I – the top three principles, man, that I truly believe in, okay? Believe in yourself, take action, and never quit. All if right. you can apply all three of those things consistently through your, throughout your life, along with some other principles that that are very important too, but those th- those are the three big ones. Yeah. Because if think about it this way in your head, okay? If you take one of those principles away from the other two, instantly nothing works. So I'll give you an example. Okay. Put it this way. You're working hard. I mean, you're uh, believing in yourself and you're working hard. But takeaway number three, never quit. You quit. Well, it's pretty obvious. You're done. Yeah. You quit. So that's it. Okay. So that doesn't work. So let's go believe in yourself and never quit. If you don't step out the door and take action towards what you want in your life, you're not going to achieve shit. The number one, the number one principle in anyone's life is take action. End of story. Because here's the other one. You take action, okay, and you never quit, but you don't believe in yourself. Yeah. Right? How yep. are you ever going to do something if you don't believe you can do it? You just won't do it. Oh, exactly. but the, the bottom line is nothing manifests if you don't take action towards it, if you don't do something. You know what I mean? It's like right. if, if you want to win the lottery, how, do you, how can you win the lottery if you don't go out and buy a ticket?
0: It's true. Yeah, you're just not going to.
1: You're not going to do it no matter what act taking action is the only thing that's going to get you there's nothing that's going to materialize you just sit there and you dream 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 I want to be a, a rock star I want to be a famous drummer and all this and I'm never going to quit believing it. I'm going to dream my ass off but you never take a drum lesson and do anything how the hell are you going to achieve that you're just not exactly. so that's what I did and that's what I did through my 20s is those three principles were key. It's just I kept going. I believed that I would do it. And, and dude, there were some struggles. It, it, it was I turned 30 on my first massive professional gig. And this really? is where the whole mum thing ties in. You guys can look this up, okay? It was 2002, and I played um, Prog Power in Atlanta on November 13th, which is my birthday. Okay. That's when we played. And wow. I called up my mom. Cause she tried calling me to wish me a happy birthday. I called her back. I'm like, Hey mom, she goes, oh, "How's the show? And it's like, Oh, it was awesome. It was amazing. You know, a few thousand people, like awesome. Right. Yeah. She's like, cool. And I said, so you know what day it is? Right. She goes, well, yeah, it's your birthday dummy. That's why I'm calling you I'm <laughs> going, No, no, something, something else, mom. And she's like, what, you know? And I'm just like, you don't remember about this little deal we made? And she goes, "Deal is." And she, and then there is silence on the phone. And the next word was, "Shit." <laughs> <laughs> Thirty years old, yeah. and I'm playing the big leagues. You know what I mean? That's it's awesome. like my first pro gig, right? And I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm doing this. And you know, then we went on, and we were starting to do tours around the world, and it picked up from there, right? But that's how that's how I achieved. Uh, you know, success was just busting my ass, man, being diverse, uh, playing different styles of music, not putting all your eggs in one basket. And you know what? You've got to believe that you can do these things, man. It's like, I I know that all of us deal with negativity. There's days where I'm negative, man. You know, that everyone thinks that, oh, if if he's positive motivational speaker, it's like, you, you must never be negative. Bullshit. I catch myself being negative not all the time, but I catch myself, and when I do, it's like it's cool. There's nothing wrong with that, man. If you catch it, and you recognize it, and you change it. That's a great thing. That's that's, nice. how, that's how you get through life. That's how you improve your your position anywhere in life. That's that's how I how I got that gig. That's how everything came together. And applying those principles among the other six that I talk about and I teach were absolutely key, man. And I came up with those principles and stuff after success like this was about four or five years ago where i broke my life down okay and just asked myself i'm like how did i get here and i came up and it took me months man like because yeah. i knew i wanted to talk about an influence and inspire and motivate people but it, it had to be right so it took months and months of me going i did these nine things specifically and okay. uh that's how i came up with that you, you break it down in reverse you know because right. a lot of yeah. people Think about this, man. A lot of people, they they want to know how, okay? The big how. Right, you right. can be a professional musician. That's fucking impossible, okay? It's impossible to know how. If I would have told you when I was 16 years old, hey, I'm going to meet a guy named Devin Townsend. I'm going to be living in Vancouver. I'm going to play in this band, God Awakens Petrified. I'm going to play all these different styles of music, and because of doing session work, teaching – And, you know, playing in these bands, I'm going to meet this guy. (laughs) Yeah. You you have no idea how. That's why you got to do what the big three are. You got to believe that you're going to do it. You got to take action and never quit. And don't worry about the house. They will present themselves. And when they do present themselves, be ready. Be on top of your game. Be the best version of yourself and knock that audition out of the park. Damn, I'm so fired up right now.
0: Yeah. you fired me up man this is awesome
1: that's that's how you got it you know what i'm i love this stuff you know it's like you can see me right now all the people listening to this podcast it's like we're doing video at the same time and it's you can tell you know like there's there's a fire not only in my voice but in my eyes it's yeah like i believe i believe in this because i keep on achieving these amazing things in my life well, you know Devin yeah, yeah. Devin Townsend project's on hiatus, to be honest. I doubt it'll, it'll ever do anything ever again, you know, and, and I'm fine with that. I had a great run with him, and Dev's great dude. Love all the guys in the band. Started a new band with Brian, you know, the bass player of DTP called yeah. The Monolith, and it's starting to do some really cool shit, and you know what? That's another up, uphill battle, but it, it doesn't matter, man. It's like I'm back to when I was 29 again. And yeah. I, I love my chances just as much. Well, you know let's, what I mean?
0: Let's talk about Monolith here. Yeah. Uh, I, I think – and a lot of people who are going to listen to this are f- hopefully familiar with your work with Devin Townsend. And I do want to touch on some of that. But since you brought up Monolith, let, the Monolith, let's talk about it. Um First of all, were you? I guess we'll, we'll hit a little bit on Devin here. Were you surprised at any point when Devin said that uh, the Devin Townsend Project is dissolved?
1: Not at all. I was expecting it two years ago. Okay. You know, I expected it four years ago. <laughs> like the the guy is all over the map, man. You know, it's like one one minute he's like, oh, I really like this album. You know, I think we'll call it, you know, Epic Cloud or whatever. Next man, he's like, I want to do a symphony about vaginas and dicks. And <laughs> you know, you're just like, holy, which, which, you know what I always call them? And with, I love Devin, no disrespect whatsoever, but I call him the Forrest Gump of metal <laughs> because you, you don't know what you're going to fucking get, man. Yeah. You know? And so when, when he called us up in January, it was right before we were going to Now, he called us up and he's like, Hey, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put the DTP on hiatus. And, you know, some some of the guys took it pretty hard, and I was just like, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I think yeah, maybe he was a little taken back by it, because maybe he was expecting me to, to freak out or something. I, I don't think he wanted anyone. He wanted to be civil and cool about it, which he yeah. was. But I was just like, yeah, no surprise, dude. You know, I'm, I'm surprised you actually waited this long. Well, with- You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, well, what what you're saying with with his going back and forth, plus you're the three principles, the three basic principles that you live by. I mean, you didn't have anything to worry about. You kind of sounds like you were you had braced yourself for something like that, and, and you were prepared for it.
1: Here's the thing: is like you're you're 100 correct. Here's what I did: is like when I was in DTP, I made the most of my time. How did I do that? I put my name out there. I did session work. I did everything that I did. Leading up to when I got that gig, but now I was in this gig, so now I need to put my name out there. I need RVP to be known as a brand in the professional world, not not in the amateur world. Before I, I got a big gig, yeah, you know. So Facebook and Twitter, you know, it's like I got verified badges and all that stuff. You know, it's like some people are just you know, I just woke up one day and they're there, like they just they did that right. Nice. But I'm a very a very active person on social media. So you know, I was building my brand, and by doing that, I knew that when he pulled the plug, because I figured it out after a few years in, this guy could pull the plug at any time. You yeah. know, it it was it was unnerving being in that band because, like I said, you you don't know what's going to happen the next day or the next tour, or the next if there's even going to be another album. Right. You know, so. I'm, I'm like, hey, take advantage of the situation. Make your name as big as you can. You know, Devin did it with Steve Vai. Yeah. You know, he'd, he'd be lying to you if he said, no, no, no. It's like, of course he didn't. He'd tell you that himself. Yeah. He made the most of his situation. You'd be crazy not to make the most of a situation when you're playing with a guy like Devin Townsend and touring around the world doing that. And that's what I did. Now – Has it paid off yet? No. You know, a a monolith at this point is independent. Um, You know, I got, there's a lot of stuff going on, which unfortunately I can't talk about because Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons, but uh, there's, I'm just saying there's lots of really good options and cool things are happening, you know, but uh, I like my chances because I, I never stopped working. You know what I mean? I never stopped building and promoting Brian and I, from DTP, we wrote the majority of these songs in 2015 because we oh. were preparing. <laughs> we were doing that, saying, "Hey, yeah. Dev can plug at any time." We started writing in 2015. That wow. speaks volumes about we knew it was coming.
0: Yeah, so, and that's well, that's that, that's good. and you've also started doing um, motivational speaking. like You were talking about earlier.
1: You know the the whole motivational thing. It all started. Just because I had that vision. It was another purpose. If you find a purpose in life, like my purpose was drumming, and, and I found that purpose at 12, 10 years old, yeah. especially years old on Christmas morning, right? Yeah. And, and then, you know what? Something just clicked four or five years ago where I'm like, I just noticed whenever I talk about this stuff with people, other musicians while I was on the road, uh, you know, I remember I was, I was talking with uh, Joe Duplanchier from Gojira. And uh, we're at this at this after party after we played a show, because we were on tour with him in 2013. And we were at this after party in Chicago. And and Joe is just like, I really want to open the studio. But, you know, there's just so much that goes into it. And I, I said, dude, and he was kind of on the fence about it. I'm like, dude, do it. He's like, what? I said, just do it. Don't talk about it tomorrow. Fucking get up and do something about it. Look into the space. Find out how much it is how much money do you have? What kind of gear can you buy? Yeah. Anyway, long story short, he now has a, a studio in New York. It's called Silver Cord Studios. gojira recorded the last record there. They're gonna record their new one there. That's he awesome. opened up the studio. I'm not saying it's because of me. That's not it. It's because of Joe. That's yeah. why that studio's there. He took action. He took responsibility for it. He did it. But there's no question, he even came up to me, you know, years later, he's like, Man, I gotta thank You you, you were like a push out the door for me. You know that you motivated me.
0: Exactly, exactly. And that's what a lot of people need is is they know what they want to do, but there's the fear. And they need a little little encouragement, a little push to to do the things that they want to do that they feel that that is is their version of you on the drum kit at at ten years old.
1: That's it. Now here's the thing never forget this guys. All successful people, they they get successful because they, they work just outside their comfort zone. Face your fears. Work outside that comfort zone. That's where the biggest success always lies. I'll guarantee you that, man. Because, you know, there were so many times where I took gigs that weren't necessarily going to be the best gigs for me or, or whatever, you know. But Or maybe I wasn't the best fit for, for drumming in, in a country band because I'm not a country player. But fuck it. You know what? It, it got me. Uh, the credit it got me to meet new people in the industry, which is what happened. You know, I met new producers and stuff who got me more gigs and rock gigs. You know, but I was out of my comfort zone, but it paid off. It gave me something different. It, it my my portfolio for playing different genres of music grew. You know, so if you have a fear or something, that's awesome. You want to know why you should face that fear head on? You, you kick it in the balls and and you you beat it and you move forward. As soon as you can get rid of that fear, the amount of doors that open for you are insane, okay? That's and all. that's that's it. You that's what you got to do. You got to go outside that comfort zone. Going outside that comfort zone is facing that fear.
0: Speaking of going outside the comfort zone, I was watching some videos of you on YouTube trying to do some research for this for this uh I don't know why I almost said vagina. That I don't know why that ah. popped into my head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for this uh, interview you were talking about
0: it uh, well that's true that's true you know it, it it's all dev it's all his fault so uh as I was preparing for this interview I, I I watched some videos of you and you were you had one where you were showing people uh drummers basically because no one else would do this how to do a blast and you had mentioned that that was outside your comfort zone because that's not something that you really you, you don't really that's that's not the way you your style of playing yeah. you, that's not something you really cared to to learn but in order to play some of the songs with Dev on tour with the, with the project, you had to do it. Yeah. So first of all, what, what is a blast? Because I'm not a drummer. I don't know what this is. I, I, I know what it sounds like,
1: but I don't <laughs> But not, It's basically where you're right and left foot. There's several types of blasts, but a very common one that I had to do with Devon is where you're, you're right and left foot are doing singles, like, da 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 So right, left, right, left, right, left. Okay? And then your two top hands are matching that. But your right hand would be hitting, like, a cymbal, and your left hand would be on the snare. But instead of them alternating, you're doing every hit together with your hands. So, you know, it's like, da-da-da-da-da-da. Your right hand and left hand are hitting the same time, matching what your kicks are doing. So your hand speed has to be pretty fast to pull that off. You have to use finger techniques and stuff. And, yeah, you know, it's – really, it's just rudiments. It's it's just a rudiment done super fast. And, yeah, I've never liked blast beats. I've never really been a fan. And the funny thing is in one of the monolith songs called The Rain, which we put out for people to hear, uh, there's blast beats in it. <laughs> Here comes Ryan, that fucking hypocrite. But, you know, it's like um, – but but at the same time, it called for it. it. It makes the music a little more interesting. It gives it that extra kind of uh, crushing appeal for the type of song we we're doing, right? But right. yeah, you know, it's that that's what the blast beat is.
0: Okay, the other, the, other, the other thing I've got to ask you, and again, this comes from not being a drummer. I play very mediocre guitar in my own house, and that's about as far as it goes. I understand the feel of an instrument. I understand how a, one guitar can feel right – over another to you and, and yeah. how it, how does that work with drums? Cause you've spoken in the past about y- your sonar drums and how they just, they felt so much better than pearls and, and, and uh, any other drums that you, that you've played. What, how are they, how is a drum set? How do they differ from each other in, in that sense? Is that, well, is that something no. you can put into words?
1: Yeah, you, you can. Like, here's the thing is like, it's not necessarily the, feel because the resistance is the same tom size, the same tom head, same drumstick, they'll feel pretty much the same. The difference is the tonal quality that you hear. Okay. And so when you hit it, you can almost feel it because there's just like this beautiful resonance to sonar drum. And nothing against Pearl, but It's what I prefer. I'm not going to say, you know, I I think sonar drums technically are the best drum, best made drums on the planet. That's why I went after them. I was with Pearl for 12 years, you know, and and at that point in my career, I'd built up a great name for myself. So, yeah, I could I'm not saying I could have got any endorsement, but my dream was sonar. You know, I heard a sonar kit for the first time when I was 18 and I wanted it, but they're so friggin expensive. I couldn't afford it. So (laughs) I got what was the next best sounding kit? which was a Pearl okay. and a Pearl for the, the 12 years. Right. But you know, like uh, the thing is, it's just when you hit that drum, you hear this tone and you can almost feel that tone, that resonance too, when you hit that drum. Right. But that's, that's where the big difference was for me is I just hit in the tone that came out of that drum using the same head, same sticks, same technique and everything. It's just like, it suits me, suits the various music styles I play. And that's, that's, that's the best way to describe it.
0: Okay, well that that see that makes a lot more sense to me. So and uh, and, and you play you your, your playing is very intense. I I watched a lot of your drum cam videos and uh I recommend everybody check out the drum cam videos because those are that is so interesting to watch you play. It's it's you're just in constant motion and it's it's insane. How do you stay up for that playing on tour night after night? How do you keep your endurance and your stamina up? So so you're feeling it every night. See, and, and, and I guess that's where the question ends. Sorry.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, very, very easy. It's one of my nine steps principles that I talk about. Okay. And it's health. It's hundred percent health. I'll tell you this right now, man, you have a healthy body. You'll have a healthy mind. Okay. It'll just add to a more positive outlook. You're going to feel better. And to, to give you an example, um, when I, yeah, just before I got the Devon gig when I it was twenty nine years old, I got in a really bad accident um from construction where I basically screwed up my back. I was bedridden for like three weeks, couldn't yeah. even walk. It was it was nasty. And anyways, at that time I was in great shape. I took care of myself through my twenties. I went to the gym, ate healthy. I was always athletic growing up playing different sports and stuff. And um this accident happens. then next thing you know, um, I gained 45 pounds, oh. 180, 180 pound frame, add 45 pounds of pure fat to that.
0: Oh, man. Marriage did it, that add, to me.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's what happened is I was touring with the Devon Townsend band because that's what was out at the time. Not, not the project. Right. And uh, I go on and do shows, man. I was, being, I was gassed in 30 minutes of a set. Oh, just wow. all that extra weight, not used to it, making way more mistakes, uh, becoming less confident. Even though I'm a confident person, just would have less confidence in my abilities, my drum fills start second-guessing things. Dude, my health, physical health, was affecting my mind, okay? And I went on with this for years, right? Yeah. And then – Devin a Project was starting up. I was also about to get married. It was uh, 2009. Uh, sorry, the, December 2008. I said to myself, I'm like, Devin came up to me. He's like, hey, I, w- I want to start this thing called Devin Townsend Project. And, you know, I want you to drum on this album, Addicted, which is going to be in May. We're going to record it. blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, here I am. 45 pounds heavier, feeling like shit, remembering all those tours that I did and I just felt off. I'm like, I don't want to go through that. I'm getting married on May 14th, 2009. I I want to look great for myself and obviously for my wife. Yeah. I just more importantly want to feel good again. I want that person I was years previous to to come back. Right. 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 Long story short, went to uh, the doctor and the doctor told me, he's like, you're cleared to work out. Cause for years I couldn't work out. Cause I lift even five or 10 pounds. I'd put out my back. I'd be oh. for two weeks. Wow. Like, limping. Like that's how bad it was. It was really bad. So long story short, dude, December, I made that decision. Power of your mind. You have a visualization of what you want to be, how, who you want to become by May. I I went from 217 pounds, like lots of weight, or it was almost 220. But anyways, I weighed 177 oh, by wow. my weight. In basically four and a half months. Jeez. Five months. I, five months, basically, I lost all that weight. And I've kept it off ever since. I'm probably in the best physical shape I've been in my entire life. I'm 45 now, turning 46 in a couple of weeks. So it's like... I just keep on top of it. That is why I'm able to do that. I know that was a very long winded answer to you, but I don't have to tell that. But dude, I'm telling you right now, guys, all, all you musicians out there, I don't care if you're a drummer, if you're a singer, guitar player, bass player, if you're out there performing and you're doing it six days a week for two months, which are some of the tours that I've done, trust me, if you're physically not ready for it, it, it becomes a lot harder on you. Um, and the older you get, it fatigues your mind. It fatigues your body. Um, you know, we, we did these three Blu-ray shoots. One was the Retinal Circus, which mm-hmm. was in London at the Roundhouse. Another was Royal Albert Hall, the Z2 show, Ziltoid 2 show. That was friggin' awesome. And then we just did one in 2017 for the Ocean Machine, It live and plob dip with the symphony.
0: Yeah, okay? yeah.
1: Um, all three of those shows were three hours long. Okay. Wow. Now, here's the crazy thing with the Roundhouse and Raw Albert Hall. You know, sound checks, you know, what average, you know, what, 30 minutes or 40 minutes, you know, whatever. Yeah. Take a guess for those two shows what her sound check was.
0: Oh, God. All right. Since you said that, I'm going to guess in an hour.
1: Three hours.
0: Oh, for sound we check.
1: Through, we went through every song, okay? Oh, my God. I'll never get it. And here's the difference. For Devin and all the other guys, not taking away any credit. Do you think Devin was singing at his heart's content before that? No, he'd blow his voice, you know, keep it. So he wasn't singing hard, if at all, and just walking around, not putting on a show or running around, just playing. Drummers can't fake that, man.
0: That's true.
1: Can't fake that, dude. <sighs> Even if I'm going through the motions or lightening up, it's like, it's a sound check, The the, the – Sound guy, the engineer, wants you to play like how you're going to play. That's how he's going to get the sound.
0: That's a good point. So you're basically, each of those shows, you're playing six hours a night.
1: Six hours within eight hours. We literally sound check. Then there'd be a couple hours before the show. Bam. I'm back out there for another three hours. But you know what? Killed all of them, man. All three of those Blu-ray shows, I I nailed it. Now, the last one I did, I did have cramp problems. Um, which was really bad for the first half of the the show because we were fatigued no sleep we went through the the craziest year of year and a half of touring i've ever done in my life Oh man, like it, it was nuts the amount of shows we did it was insane you know never toured like that so but you know what i also attribute it to good health that i was able to get through that just because i took care of myself i, I was in great shape i eat healthy i work out i go to the gym and it's not to like build muscle or anything it's it's to be fit it's to be prepared to 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 deal with a grueling uh you know tour schedule to to deal with 18 hour flights to to you know new zealand or australia and then get off the plane and and get ready to go into a show you know it's like you got to deal with that, and I'm just telling you right now, man. Your health is so important. The mo- one of the most, if not the most important things in your life is your health. Because if you don't have your health, well, see, you're fucking gone, man. You aren't here anymore. That's it. Yeah,
0: you can't do anything else you want to. You want to do if you if you can't even get up and get out of bed. You can't. You can't do anything. So that's right. You tend to have this th- this grueling schedule between the touring. But I've also heard the the story of you recording two entire albums worth of drums in two days. Yeah. how did how did that happen? And it, how yeah. painful was that afterwards?
1: So what it was is this was messed up, man. Um, <laughs> it, it was. I, I don't know any other way. The poorest Gump of metal showed up again. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. Love, love Dev like a bro though, you know, and, and, but this is just, this is part of, if you're going to play with them, be prepared. You know, if <laughs> if, if he goes on and he does Devin Townsend project with a new group of dudes, those group of dudes, just, I'm telling you, be ready because you don't know what you'll get thrown at you, but you, you got to be ready for it. Right. And he's not the only one he does that. There's lots of people who do that, you know, so yeah. you've got to be prepared for it. That's part of the gig. But what did happened? was we are recording this album called Z2. It was a sequel to his character he created called Ziltwood. Yeah, that Muppet and, thing. Yeah, exactly. And we were – the last album we recorded was called Transcendence. That's the last album we did and we toured. We were actually working on Transcendence back in 2014. Oh, really? And what happened is six weeks before it, Devin decided, no, I don't want to do it anymore. Six weeks before recording, okay? (laughs) We've been rehearsing and doing shit for like six months, okay? Oh, my God. I don't want to do it anymore. Instead, what I would like to do is a double fucking album, okay? And we're going to do Zill Toy 2, and that music is crazy. It's like it's more technical and and out there and just different. You know, lots of long songs, lots of double bass, blast beats, everything, right? Right. And so you're like, all righty then you know and he threw this upon us man i was in that rehearsal space i gave my i was in 6 days a week for 6 to 8 hours i actually was a dummy because over that time i created tinnitus in my left ear oh, because i was there so much practicing every day to to get this and that that's not devin's fault that's my fault that's what i talked about earlier in this talk is 100% responsibility i should have been smart I should have used more ear protection, turned it down. But instead, your ears fatigue the longer you go. You should take little 15-minute breaks every two hours so your ears can catch up, so you can go back in and play again. But I didn't do that. But oh. I was practicing my ass off, and you know, six weeks comes up, and he had three days booked in L.A. And even that is a stretch for, for guys to do one album, never mind two. And he was just like, listen, you know, three days, but I recorded a Cloud in a day. You know, I'd recorded a couple of other albums in a day. So he's just like, well, this is kind of on par for Ryan, you know, but uh, we get there. We go to, to go into the first day to get sounds and like, let's get sounds for the first few hours and then we'll just kick it. And, and I'll, you know, if I have a day and a half, I think I can do that. No problem for each album. So, you know, uh, it's a stretch, but let's do it. I've done my albums before, you know, in a day. And so anyways, first day we get in there, fucking none of this shit's working, dude.
2: Oh and
1: by 3 three p.m., haven't even gotten drum sound yet. And oh, we were man. in there at 10 a.m., okay? I started tracking or trying to track drum sounds after all the problems that studio had. I started tracking at 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And by Whoa. that, our my brain, the engineer's brain, were frazzled, just done. I couldn't even – we didn't even keep anything that night. I jumped for like an hour and I said, this is pointless. And here's the thing after that vacation the very like a day or two after it i booked a vacation for my wife that was well deserved to los cabos okay uh. like, i was just like okay i have two days to record two albums and uh i was just like you got to me, right and um anyways i just sat down i remember going back uh to the hotel at night or whatever and i i sat there and i go okay I can do this. You know, what I make, and I wrote on my snare drum, make the impossible possible. Make it happen. And that was what I, I read the whole entire time. There's pictures on my, my social media that I posted that. And every time that I was having trouble or anything during those takes, I looked at that. I buckled down and I nailed that shit. Definitely. Sometimes I have to go over it three or four times, but you know, we'd sit there my brother actually re-engineered that record and recorded the drums and he knows me better than any engineer he knows how to work with me you know Devin just let us be which was a smart move yeah and we we got it done you know what I mean but the thing is is whenever something would happen Jay's like okay dude you, you know your three songs you want to take a break for half I'm like no I'm feeling it let's go Physically, I was in wicked shape, and I was prepared for this. Long story short, I recorded both albums in two days. Jeez! And at one point, Deb was like, "Dude, we'll book another day." I said, "Listen, man, I'm going to Lost cabos It's booked. There is no fucking way. I'm missing that vacation to do <laughs> this record." I, said, I will do these two albums in two days, and it's exactly what I did.
0: And that's crazy.
1: Yeah, and and you know what, man. It's, I'm telling you, it's the power of the mind. It's, 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 it's the will to want something that bad that you'll do whatever it takes to get there. And that's exactly what I did, you know? And I'm telling you guys, it's like, you can make the impossible possible. Like, I love this quote. It's not mine. I wish it was, but someone says, you know, the word impossible, if you look at it carefully, it actually says I'm possible.
0: You're right. Yeah. I I like that.
1: Right. Right. And that's- I never forgot that, you know, and, and that's the thing, man. It's like everyone said the Wright brothers were fucking crazy. There's no way you're going to get an airplane to, like, that weighs that much in the early 1900s to fly. It's not going to happen. Yeah, They failed more than anyone. But you want to know something? They never, ever stopped. You know what they did? The three principles we talked about at the start of this podcast. They believed right. it, and they, they worked their asses off. Even when they failed, they kept going because they never quit. So they believed themselves. They took action. They never quit. They succeeded. Now they're talking about putting people to Mars. Well, That's you can cr- thank Wright Brothers for that.
0: That's right. That's right. All right I you know, know we're running a little short on time. I know you. We wanted you wanted to wrap up pretty quick. I have two real quick questions for you, and I hope yeah. you can answer. them. And I see one of them has to do with what you're doing right now. You still drink? Did you give up on coffee completely? You have a, quite a big coffee mug collection. I know you're a big you're a big coffee enthusiast, but. Yeah. I remember seeing a social media post where you said that you were cutting back on it a lot.
1: Yeah, uh to answer the question, hell no. <laughs> it's like I love coffee. Um, and I'm drinking one right now, but what it was is is I was cutting back on it for a bit because I is ex, ex is experimenting with um my tinnitus because I say caffeine can really bring it on huh. and I know the answers to that because it does bring it on. Like right now my ears is yeah. ringing like wouldn't believe. But, oh, you know, geez. it's like it does spike it. So what I did is, man, I was drinking four or five cups a day or, you know, grande Starbucks. Like I loved coffee, you know. Wow. And uh, but, you know, it's yeah, I've cut it down uh, to an extent, but definitely not quitting. It's like I maybe have two or three cups a day. So, you know, it's usually in the morning, you know.
0: What's your what's your uh, favorite type of coffee? You have a a. a- Brand that you prefer?
1: Um, you know what? I I I just love coffee. I love trying different ones. Everyone thinks that oh, he's just a Starbucks guy. It's like no, I collect the Starbucks mugs because they're cool and it's memories <laughs> from around the world. And I have a story with every mug in my blog that I do. Uh, the 5s fives. I'm even right. doing it th- that I've added to it where I tell a story about each mug and the significance of it and. And there's a, there's always a positive behind the story. So it's a kind that's of a cool little thing, but you know, as far as coffee, I love all coffee. I love all
0: coffee. I have found one that I absolutely love. And if you haven't tried it yet, I would definitely recommend kicking horse.
1: Oh yeah. I, no, they're, they're, yeah. That's a ton of times. Yeah.
0: That is my favorite. All right. So the last thing I wanted to ask you to wrap up is touring. You've done a lot, obviously done a lot of touring and most of your professional career has been um with Devin Townsend, yeah. tour, you know, tour, what is, what is some of the weird crap that goes on with tour touring with Devin? Is there anything that you're allowed to tell us <laughs> something really strange that happened on, on tour either on stage or behind stage?
1: Um, you, you want to know something. It's, it's funny because a lot of people have this perception of Dev that he's this fucking mad scientist and, and he's fucking crazy and, dev's a really chill easygoing guy uh he's he's actually a really private person even on the bus you know he'd come hang out in the front lounge with the band and and text and stuff but nine times out of ten he's in his bunk with his curtains closed you know like reading a book or or doing business or writing music and he's pretty private you know but uh you know I, i think the, the the most the most common thing there's a lot of farting a lot of fart a lot of fart jokes um he he loves doing like uh, he had these apps where you know he photoshop stuff and so you know yeah you know hey check it out Ryan you know there's three cocks hanging in your mouth from that he photoshopped in or whatever, you know, stuff like that.
0: That that reminds me when I was was researching for you again, that, that uh, video that you did with the teaching the the dirt blast, I noticed a balloon in the background and a big penis drawn on it.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Those were my birthday balloons. (laughs) (laughs) I turned, I turned 40 on that tour. And yeah, they they put out all these balloons backstage at this place in Germany, and they fucking drew a bunch of dicks on them. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know what it is with metal bands and dicks. It's, it's not like we're all married, you know. And hey, man, it's all cool if you're gay or someone's gay. It's like all the power to you. Nothing right. against it, you know. But I'm just, I don't know what it is with metal and dicks. Because <laughs> Everywhere you go backstage, there's dicks, you know, from fans. And they're just like, okay, cool, I guess. You know, it's like, why would you drive? Maybe vaginas are too hard to draw. I don't know. Maybe. You know, like,
0: Yeah, you know, well, if you draw, I mean, it may be harder to figure out what it is at first.
1: Right? You have to be a pretty damn good artist. But yeah. I don't know. like, But, uh, you know, I'm, I never got into the dick drawing thing. You know? <laughs> for people who dig drawing dicks, all the power to you, bros, you know girls, guys, whatever, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, you know, there's lots of funny things that happen, but usually it's conversational pieces, you know, and, and hilarious stories like the stories that Dev would tell would just be like unbelievable, you know, and just everyone's tears, (laughs) you know, he's a comedian. He's not just a musician. Right. So, um, but yeah, there weren't any like really, crazy things you know what i'll probably kick myself because i know there are road stories right now but uh, ah, i'm just trying we can yeah. we can always
0: have you back on and you can tell if it's oh, not a I'd problem
1: yeah 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 and, I, and then i then i can come better prepared because i'm just trying to think of, of some of the stories you know it's like all uh, right you know the typical vans breaking down or like I remember here's, here's one. It's, it's kind of funny. It's like we were in Winnipeg and it was July. We were touring with the uh, children of bottom back in 2012 and uh, our tour bus broke down. So the the Winnipeg airport was nearby and it was summer and you know, we didn't think anything else, but we, we got there and, and we're in the airport, took a cab there and renting a van from the, the budget uh, rental place there at the airport and they're like oh the van's over there we'll we'll drive you over there okay i'm like but that maybe take two minutes to walk to just walk and the guy's like are you sure i'm like what the fuck's wrong with this guy right you know and so then we decide to walk there well i forgot it's fucking winnipeg and mosquitoes are as big as seagulls there and oh. so we're dude about a minute in we're like oh they're funny, you know? and by the time we got in the van we must have had. 20 mosquito bites each and we're all pissed off at each other at that point everyone was on short views and then we did an 18 hour drive you know in a van with two bands we were touring with the band septic flesh and and etp and everyone squished into these vans no one can sleep you didn't have your bunk you know guys are taking turns farting and just like dude
0: and covered in itchy welts
1: yeah. Right. Oh. And yeah. So that's, I know that's not a crazy story or anything, but just like the weirdest things would happen to this band, really? you know, it's like that tour, that, that tour bus broke down five times, by the way. Oh, geez. five times. Yeah. It was horrible, man. Oh but my God. Yeah. You know what? It's like, there, there are some, some great stories that uh, that have happened over the years. I'm just, right now because i'm put on the spot i'm like oh man i know i'm gonna kick myself in two minutes when the podcast's <laughs> over I'm gonna, oh shit that story would have been great to tell <laughs> ah well but, yeah. we'll, de-
0: we'll definitely have you on because i know you're working on new material um hopefully monolith will come out with something or some variant thereof we'll come out with some material pretty soon and uh, we-, we can get you guys before you're touring and get get you back on talk a little bit about uh, what's coming up but in the meantime. Yeah. What, uh, how can people follow you and find your website, social media? Where can they they find you?
1: Sure, um, if you go to www.rvp, my initials Ryan Van Ryan, so rvpdrums.com, that's my main white website, and I have. Links to YouTube, to all my social media, everything, even my health health page, and all that. Links right there. www.rvpdrums.com. If you want my free ebook, which is based off my nine steps to living a life of purpose, that's what it's called. You can go to www.rvpmotivation.com and you can download the book for free. It's free. It gives you. It's only about to read the whole thing, maybe 25 minutes. And it gives you insight to what my steps are and what I've done over and over and over by applying these nine steps in my life. Like I've done them over and over to achieve all the success. And that's what I teach when I do seminars around the world. And uh, so there's that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. as far as a monolith, um, like there's, there's all of our our social media and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um, with a, with a monolith. But uh, if you want to go to the actual uh, band page, you can go to www.amonolithband.com. Okay. And that will have links to all of our social media page.
0: Oh, perfect.
1: Check it out. We got a lot of stuff happening right now and hopefully it's going to come out very soon. But again, I can't talk about that now. Maybe the next time on the podcast, I'll have a hell of a lot more to talk about with that stuff, but exciting times. And guys, please check it out. There's a, some cool stuff. It's it's heavy, but it's super catchy, and uh, awesome. it's really cool music. I'm extremely proud of it. And it's members of Young Lad, Fear Factory, Devin Townsend Project, and Threat Signal.
0: That's awesome. Pretty,
1: pretty cool lineup of dudes. So
0: That really is awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for spending some time with me tonight on, on Performance Anxiety. I really appreciate your time.
1: Hey, man. It was a pleasure to be on it, and we'll definitely do this again. Thank and- you for having me.